accuracy and speed communicate his thoughts to a friend at any distance. Through his math and science writings and by coining the word cell in biology, he gained esteem from other natural philosophers with whom he founded the Royal Society of Science in England. He had the credibility and the time to spend on flying chariots. He just needed to test his hypotheses. Some of these extraterrestrial endeavors reportedly made their way to the experimentation phase at his outdoor inventor's garden of intriguing doodads at Wadham College at Oxford, where he was the school's warden. According to Chapman, Wadham's gardens held a collection of mechanical contrivances, including a talking statue, a rainbow maker, and glass beehives used to study the bee colony. Robert Hooke, a fellow natural philosopher, wrote of experimenting with flying machines in the garden with Wilkins. Unfortunately, neither Hooke nor Wilkins recorded details of their efforts, possibly because the experiments were unsuccessful. Soon after the attempt, Hooke began working on improving clocks. This is probably for the best. Wilkins' plans hinged on the faulty idea that Earth's atmosphere is nearly identical to the conditions of space, and the reality would have come as a shock to a 17th-century astronaut. Wilkins didn't entirely give up on his dream until Robert Boyle and Robert Hooke's experiments revealed that space was actually a vacuum in which no human could survive. Magnetism and gravity were also, he found out, very different. A century later, some of Wilkins' eclectic passions were the butt of small jokes. In a 1784 letter, historian Horace Walpole wrote, I discovered an alliance between Bishop Wilkins' art of flying and his plan of universal language, the latter of which he no doubt calculated to prevent the want of an interpreter when he should arrive at the moon. For all his errors, Wilkins advanced research in astronomy and science, and some of his extravagant ideas, spaceflight and long-distance communication, came to fruition even if centuries later than he anticipated. In Wilkins' own words, even the inventions of ships seemed impossible to the people who first conceived them, and none but the bold, daring men durst venture. We have no just reason to be discouraged in our hopes of the like success. Wilkins's grand hypotheses might even be proved in full. If we start using a universal language and meeting aliens, only time will tell. <laughs>